0: Well, we're still here. So let's talk about it. Today, we're going to learn how to listen more and talk less. There's a Greek thinker who has been quoted recently as having said, we have two ears and one mouth, so we should listen more than we say. That sounds rather simplistic when you first hear it, right? Well, I saw it on Facebook a while back, and and I've seen it several times in several places recently. It seems fitting as a meme, for sure. And in the context of my speaking and writing about listening, it has kind of taken on a larger meaning for me. Realistically, how often does a person look at their ten toes, or their ten fingers, or their one belly button, and think, wow, our creator knew exactly how many of these things we needed? I certainly don't consider my physical self that way. Or do I often or ever look at why some flowers are pink with spiny leaves as opposed to grass, which is long and straight with no flowers? This might be something to contemplate on a different day, but let's move forward with our purpose for today, which is learning to listen more and talk less. I came to see the wisdom of Zeno's statement, and as I've been working through this series on listening, I'm realizing that I do need both my ears, and thank goodness I only have one mouth. I get in enough trouble with that one mouth. So I don't plan to try to cover every possible style of conversation throughout this series, but I would like to zero in on the conversations that we will likely never forget or the conversation that could be the last one with someone we care about. I have a friend who is slowly dying from a crippling disease. I want to make space for him to let him say whatever is on his heart or in his mind. I want his wife to say what is on her heart and in her mind. You might imagine that they both have some very different perspectives that they want to share. I don't want to miss any of it. I don't want to squash any anger, fears, regrets, concerns, or worries. I absolutely want to share in the little joyous moments, the breakthroughs, the uplifting moments of hope, and take in all the love, even if it isn't our initial feeling. I read once that we should strive to be curious and interested in what is being said in conversation, even if that isn't our initial feeling. I'm sure you can relate. I'm sure you've had a conversation you were not looking forward to having. Maybe even tried to avoid it or took steps not to have it. Me too. On top of that, I've sat with folks who were in despair, without hope, or suffered from depression. I can say I didn't use my two ears nearly enough. I found myself wanting to fix unfixable situations. I probably made the conversation about me way more than about the person speaking. I pushed them to pray harder, be more patient, push through, get help. I didn't see that sharing their hearts with me was an effort to get help. I didn't see myself in that helper role. I still don't often see myself in a helper role as much as a fixer or one to slap on a bandage to stop the hurt quickly. The reality is that I think I'm listening to a friend and I don't want to see them in pain. I often don't ask what they want or need from the conversations they have with me. I typically have no expectations, but I can make assumptions and I can cause hurt by that. Historically, when someone was sharing their pain with me, I listened until they were done talking. Sounds like a commendable act, right? How generous am I with my time? Look a little deeper, though, and you would realize that I probably didn't want to go deeper. I didn't want to hear what they needed from me because I was incapable of meeting those needs. All I could do was be a cheerleader when all they wanted was a pair of ears. Actually, a lady I know is a grief counselor, and in a workshop that she presented to our group, she mentioned a phrase heart with ears. Another meme-worthy phrase, of course, because it's short and to the point, and it's easy to remember. So, let your mind visualize what a heart with ears might resemble. There would be no mouth, no arms, no eyes, no nose. The only sense would be hearing, so that all you would be able to do is listen, and your heart would take it in you would not be able to express a thing. To me, that sounds like a movie with a bad ending, one that leaves me hanging. There needs to be an end, right? Closure? We have to know what happens to the hero of the story. We have to know that the conversation will lead to some sort of resolution for our hurting friend or family member. They don't have the answer, and I certainly don't have the answer. Also, without anything but ears... We can't offer any solutions. We can only listen. Sometimes that is the best bandage of all. Now, look at the heart with ears in another way. The person is sharing their heart, maybe their deepest fears, hurts, concerns, etc. Their senses may be fully intact as they speak. This image is funny as I consider it, but hang on for a minute and you might see it too. (laughs) This speaker sees a heart with two ears, they can sense the heart beating maybe, or at least putting out warmth. The heart rate could speed up or down depending on what's being said. The speaker could sense the ears fixed in space, not pointing down or away, but completely fixed to listen. The person perceives complete, undivided attention. The person does not sense any judgment, argument, interruption, or emotion. Now, picture that heart with ears getting larger as the listening continues. Think of the Grinch's heart growing two sizes bigger at the end of that story. The speaker may actually be able to sense the love by watching the heart grow. Then, imagine their own heart growing larger as they're being filled with love themselves without a word having been spoken in return. Whoa, that's a lot of imagery. I don't know that my brain is used to entertaining that much imagery, but I hope you get the idea. My point is, if we listen more than we speak, when someone who is really hurting or feels they need to get something important off their chest, we may actually feel a stronger attachment to that person and they to us. We certainly won't be concerned with our reply or be distracted by trying to come up with some solution. So do we always have to listen? and not respond of course not even in the previous scenario being a heart with ears may not be enough a person may have questions or want feedback or maybe even forgiveness we talked about active listening in previous episodes so getting away a little farther from that imagery i described earlier and considering what we learned last week about eye contact open body posture head nodding etc After we have listened, a friend may have left you feeling uncomfortable or maybe a negative emotion or with more questions than we started, or even you might have been triggered by some of the things that were shared. You might have become overwhelmed and you don't know what to say or how to say what you're feeling. You may feel that if you open your mouth, only cries will come out. There are times when a difficult conversation is hard to avoid even if it makes us feel nervous, stressed, and wanting to run in the other direction. But avoidance doesn't actually help. If you approach conversation in the right way, it may even improve the relationship. So let's consider some ideas here. A touch can say a lot. A hand on a shoulder or a hand on a hand. A warm hug or even that soulful eye contact that shows the depth of your caring can say so much. Here's something maybe we ought to consider heavily. Don't say you understand when you really don't. A feeling is neither right or wrong. It just is a feeling. But to be told you shouldn't feel that way or don't feel that way is rarely helpful advice for anyone. I know how you feel, May be the second least helpful statement. It sometimes can hurt to claim we understand feelings we haven't experienced ourselves. So, what can we say? How about that must be hard? Help me understand what you mean. Remember the doctor who said he learned not to grab tissues when the speaker was crying? He said it interrupted the flow of emotions. I've experienced that myself for sure, and you likely have as well. Or when I've been the speaker and someone was to interject aloud, "Uh uh-huh, right in the middle of a thought, it would cause me to pause and sometimes lose track of what I was saying. I would describe that as squashing my thought. It was not done with bad intent. I understand that. But I felt I was unable to feel that I was being heard and I was left wanting more from my listener. How about ask open-ended questions? When it is your turn to speak, first of all, wait around 8 to 10 seconds before starting. Chances are that the person who was speaking will keep talking. Maybe they were just pausing for a second, and maybe they'll reveal something they've been hesitant to say before. Rather than asking, how are you? Which we know leads to the I'm fine response isn't really an open-ended question and the speaker could be really likely far from fine. Instead, try, tell me about how you are, or can you describe the feeling when that happened? Try not to finish the speaker's sentences. Avoid giving advice unless you're asked for it. You could try to repeat back the last word or two of what was said, or say, can you share more about that? And then, you know, like we were talking about last week, for clarity, what do you mean? Or what did you mean when you said that? If you sense the speaker is having difficulty finishing their story or completing their thought, or in the case of a dying person, the exhaustion is taken over and they can't continue at that time, you could ask if they want to take a break and offer to resume at a later time. Okay, we've talked a lot about being an effective listener During times when emotions can be really strong and the next thing you might be thinking is what about my emotions? Closed end questions have their place but when having the important conversations, my goal is to keep emotions flowing especially when they're heavy emotions. I describe it for myself as having that heavy emotion wash over me. I don't stomp on it or try to hide it away and I don't ignore it. Because usually that ends up in a ball in the pit of my stomach. And after a while or during increased stress, it's going to manifest itself sometime and probably in a way bigger than it was originally. I prefer now to let the emotion wash over me or go through me so that I can feel the feeling as it rises within me. It peaks and then it begins to release its grip on me to the point that I've gotten past it. You know that old saying about sweeping things under the rug, meaning bad situations or feelings or experiences are pushed aside or away and not dealt with. Eventually, if enough of these are shoved under the rug, you'll have a mountain of old events, emotions, and experiences that are now too big to climb over or pass over. If we think of them washing over us like a wave in the ocean, it comes on us, rises sometimes over our heads but then washes past and we return to calm waters. I'm not intending to minimize these experiences either because I know full well that sometimes the feeling or memory is so painful it's like I've been bowled over by an ocean wave tossed about and knocked around. (laughs) That's why I used to do what I call eat my feelings for so many years. I didn't want the pain. I couldn't face it. But funny thing about that, the more I let the pain wash over and pass, the smaller that particular wave became. I no longer became fearful of it rising over me because eventually, the wave barely covered the tops of my feet. So, getting back to what about my emotions. If you're the listener in a moment, When someone is riding their waves of pain or emotion and you become triggered or so uncomfortable that you don't think you can continue listening, what do you do? You could say something like, this conversation is more than I'm ready for right now. And perhaps that's a good time to put a hand on a shoulder or touch with your fingers to their arm. Would it be all right? You could ask if we could continue this another time. Maybe you might even need to excuse yourself for a moment or two to let your emotions settle out a bit, and then you can resume the conversation once you regain your composure. Also, crying in response to strong emotions that come up when talking about end of life, they might feel awkward, but it's also natural to cry in an emotional encounter. Crying expresses how much the person means to you And how you genuinely feel. To pretend that everything is okay in order to protect your loved one may actually come across as insincere. Perhaps in reality the best thing to do in that moment with the person is to cry. Crying together can be a loving experience. Once the crying passes it is important to take care to shift back to your friend or loved one's feelings so that you can continue to show them that you're there to support them as they go through a painful moment or talk about a difficult thing and give them an opportunity to end the conversation or make a date for future conversation. Now I know that not all situations end well with no more tears or conflicts resolved. When someone we love is dying, we may feel compelled to have all things needing to be said each time we're with them in case we miss our chance to get it all out there or hear all they want us to hear. The best advice I would offer is to not wait until it's too late. Talk to those you love and keep talking while you're able to do so and while they're able to do so. Remember, while we're still here is the theme of this podcast. Once they're gone, we don't have a chance to say what we really want to say. And we will no longer have a chance to hear what we need to hear. We're going to cover difficult relationships in the future. But for now, let's keep moving on through how to be a good listener, even if it's tough. I'm thankful you listened today. Please visit my website and drop me a question or a topic for future discussion. Also, in the show notes, you'll find any reference materials such as names or book titles that I discussed in this podcast. Until next time, folks, take care.